we got back from Gen Con yesterday. Oh, how so, was that? It was super fun. I'm a little, it, it's a little like I need a vacation after this vacation, but... <laughs> listening to Love Ya, your bi-weekly podcast uh, navigating the waters of teen rom-coms available to you on your various streaming services. I am one of your co-hosts, Martha Sullivan, teen librarian and YA lit enthusiast, and I am joined, as always, by my other co-host. I'm Marin Hagman, youth services librarian and romantic comedy enthusiast. And we are talking about the Netflix original, The Last Summer. Uh, this is a 2019 movie uh, starring K.J. Appa of Riverdale fame, uh, Maya Mitchell, Norman Johnson Jr., Jacob Lattimore, who we also just watched in Candy Jar, uh, Wolfgang Novogratz, Sosie Bacon, Mario Revol. Revelory, Jacob McCarthy, Halston Sage, Tyler Posey, Tyler Posey. Yep. Did not even, did not recognize him. Uh, oh, we'll get into him, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gage Golightly and a whole bunch of other uh, teens and adults. Um, Gabrielle Anwar was another one who I went. She looks real familiar. Yeah. Um, Although I mostly knew her from the Tudors. I also Burn Notice. Oh, I never watched Burn Notice. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I spent most of Burn Notice going, I remember you in the Tudors. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, Marin, how would you like to give us a brief synopsis of this movie before we uh, dive in? Sure. So this movie is about a group of teens uh, going through their summer between high school and college. Um, we follow approximately like three or four storylines. So we have Griffith, um, or Griffin, excuse me, who um, is connecting with Phoebe, um, but they are also both realizing there might be an expiration date to their burgeoning romance um, and other issues ensue, as I'm sure we all talk about. Um, and then there is Alec and Aaron who sort of preemptively break up at the beginning of the summer, not seeing the sense in dragging out their relationship um, through the rest of the summer. Um, and then there is Audrey, Aaron's best friend, um, who is nannying um, and trying to navigate her next steps. Um, and then there is Foster, Alex's best friend, who is, well, just is a douche. Um, <laughs> uh, anywho, so shenanigans ensue oh. as they sort of figure out their next steps in this period of transition. Yeah, it's basically every last summer movie, like last summer before college movie, all smushed up into one film. Like, it it's all the tropes are represented here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, which was your favorite story? Um, so the only storyline I enjoyed whatsoever was the Griffin and Phoebe storyline. Um, really? Yes. Um, you didn't like you didn't like Audrey? Oh, I did like Audrey. That's fair. I did like Audrey, but I don't know that I loved Audrey and Aaron scenes together. I liked Audrey kind of off on her own, and it almost like it reminded me of that storyline in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Um, yes, where Timmy and Bailey. Um, yes. So yeah, that's true. That, thank you for reminding me. I did enjoy that storyline, but I I didn't necessarily love um, Audrey and Aaron scenes together. Um. But I really enjoyed her nannying scenes. But yeah, other than that, I I really only enjoyed the Griffin and Phoebe parts. Yeah, um, Audrey was my favorite. She is nannying for she ends up nannying for a little girl whose mom is a like dance mom, very typical dance mom, and like sending her kid to auditions all the time and you know, cancels her trip to the beach so she can go audition for um What's the name of the reality show? Oh, America's show? Got Talent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> while Audrey is, you know, exploring the idea that maybe she doesn't want to go to college, and our listeners will know I'm always here for support for alternate career paths um, that don't necessarily require a four-year college degree. Um, I did not care for the KJ Appa or the Griffin Phoebe story. Oh, really? Which, well, it was a struggle for me because I'm all in on KJ Appa. Like I am a Riverdale Stan. I love him kind of despite himself. (laughs) Um, and I liked, uh, the actress who played Phoebe. Yeah. I Um, just find my, I just found Maya Mitchell so charming that I was willing to go with it. I did too. I just always, I very much have an issue with the, I'm going to ignore the girl when she says no kind of deal. Cause like the beginning of their relationship is like Griffin asks Phoebe out on a date and she's like, I really have to focus on making this movie. Um, this summer and you find out it's so she can get a scholarship for NYU and he basically is like all right we'll just hang out as friends except that that's never actually what happens and I just I'm not a fan of the I will hang out with you until you let me make out with you yeah I mean I think that and on the scale of storylines that are like, I'm going to let myself be in the friend zone and then she's going to, like, I'm going to make it so I get out of the friend zone. I feel like this one was pretty mild because he was also like, well, I'm interested in the project you're doing and this is an outlet I could use to explore my music, which is something I really want to do. So I actually read that partly like, yeah, like, she's cute. I have a crush on her. I also, like, kind of want to make this music for her movie, so, like, I'll do that. I don't know. It, it didn't seem very predatory to me. Um, That's fair. Although, it, their story also has one of my least favorite, like, teen-related mm. rom-com tropes, which is the, I'm gonna get mad at you for something that's not your fault because I don't know how to deal with my feelings. Oh. Um. I... 
I did not understand why Phoebe got so mad at Griffin for his dad sleeping with her mom. Like, I took that as a my cerebral cortex isn't fully formed type moment. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, obviously they're teenagers. They they do dumb stuff, but that doesn't mean it wasn't frustrating for me. Oh to watch. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, it was frustrating, and um, and I think we did need more of uh scenes with her mom before we could like really feel the sympathy for why she would be so outraged, even at her boyfriend who you know is just kind of a bystander in this situation (laughs) yeah also phoebe's mom getting mad at griffin was like super unfair like this is a child who has Uh, nothing to do i think she treated him pretty fairly she like spoke to him and said phoebe i phoebe doesn't want to talk to you but she didn't I mean, she didn't, like, yell at him. She didn't... No, she didn't yell at him, but... I think she was pretty just, like, naturally upset at seeing this reminder of this dude who had treated her terribly. And, I mean, to be fair, that's not Griffin's fault. But I don't think... I mean, I think she was pretty fair to him. She was honest about Phoebe doesn't want to see you and, you know, wish you well and kind of moved on okay yeah i guess yeah i mean to be fair like i could see you know i guess there is no circumstance under which she was gonna be like hey griffin great to see you you know like true i think yeah i mean i'm sure she could have treated him better but i think she treated him fairly under the circumstances that's fair yeah um so, before we get into Aaron, <sighs> let us talk briefly about Alec and Paige. <sighs> and how I, yeah, this movie had some real ups for me, but it also felt like they were taking every, like, all of the worst of teen rom-com tropes. Because Paige is, so Alec and Aaron are the two that break up. And then Paige is, like, the uber-hot girl that has secretly been crushing on Alec, like, forever. So she immediately is, like, let's hang out. And she is, like, the worst of the hot girls are dumb. She is, trouble. like, the the stereotype that Legally Blonde broke down. Like... Yeah. <laughs> This is, I mean, this was the moment, like, her first scene when she's, like, throwing herself at Alec was when I googled to see, was this written by a man or by a woman? And by this scene alone, I'm 90% sure this was written by a man. And sure enough, it was written by two men. Um, Yeah, at one point, she gets a sports car as a graduation gift, and she's like, it was either this or double D's. And I'm like, ah! Yeah, I hate oh, I full body cringed <laughs> at that line. And I'll be honest, pugs are my, f- like, possibly favorite thing in the world. Like, I love yes. pugs. I am a notorious pug lover. It is my dream to be a pug owner one day. And I could not even get over her despite her pugs. Like, I did not even get to enjoy those pugs because I was so disgusted by what they did to her character. 
Yeah. And just like um, and so- the flat out caricature that it was. Yeah. So yeah, Alec gets to spend the movie realizing that what he had with Aaron was better than um being with the quote-unquote hot girl. Meanwhile, his friend Foster is the disgusting one who wants to have all the sex over the summer. Um, which I, you know what? He was fine. Like, what? There was, there was little enough of him in the movie mm-hmm. that it was like he can show up and I can laugh at him, and then we can move on to a different plot line. Oh, I don't know. I just kept picturing. John Ralphio Saperstein from Parks and Rec singing the worst the whole time he was on screen. (laughs) Well, and I do think he is saved a little bit by finding out that he's never had sex before. Because then it became like a, oh, I went to to high school with this kid. Like the overperformative, horny teen guy who hasn't had nearly as much, like hasn't had nearly as much sex as he is claiming that he has. Like that felt very real to me in a way that not all of these kids did. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would have been a little more sympathetic if not for what really got my goat was when he went to that prayer meeting to basically try to, what's that? That was disgusting. Yeah, when he went to that (laughs) prayer meeting to, like, try and weasel his way into this girl's pants, that's where I kind of was like, oh my god. This belongs in a movie from 1985. (laughs) Well, but he feels like a character who, like, he feels like a teen who learned all of his moves from a movie from 1985. Yeah, that's true. Like, again, that felt... You know, I, I'm not saying he was, I'm not saying his behavior was good, but I did, his behavior at least felt identifiable to me. Like, I knew who that character was, even if he was super gross. Yeah, I just could get past the grossness. I mean, there was a little attempt at, like, kind of seeing past that to be like, oh, you're just really insecure about this, but... I don't know. At a certain point, I just lose my patience for that. Well, and then the movie ruined it by having him sleep with a middle-aged woman. That was... was the moment I literally threw my head under a pillow. And, like... There was a lot... There was a lot of fully formed human adults having sex with just graduated teenagers. Oh, yeah. We haven't even gotten into the, like, incel white plot here that happens when I don't even remember their names. I was just so, like, ugh, every time they came on screen. Let's talk talk about Reese and Chad. So Reese Reese and Chad are nerds. I, like, didn't even bother to remember their names, because I was just... And we're going to go through this, because this was almost my favorite plotline. Because they... So they are... They are the nerds who, at the beginning of the movie, are like, we don't have to be losers anymore. Like, we're about to start new... Like, we're going off to school. We can be whoever we want. And, like, I get that. 
And they end up, they're going to a rehearsal dinner, I think, for yeah, one of their... Yeah, it's one of their yeah. sister's wedding rehearsal dinners. Yeah. So they have time to kill, and they end up at... Are they at the Berghoff? Or it doesn't matter. They end up at a bar. Yeah, they end up at some they're, bar. I forget what it is. They're both wearing suits and ties. And the waitress mistakes them for day traders who just got out of work. So she tells them about the drink specials. She does not card them. They end up with a bucket of beer. And then they spend the entire rest of the summer going to this bar and pretending to be day traders and, like, hanging out with businessmen and eventually hooking up with, like, new, I guess, like, they're not interns, but, like, the new women at the firm. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. I think they were, like... They made a point of saying, like, they had probably just gotten out of college, so. Yeah, so they're they're brand new to the business world, but still, we have two, and I'm sure that if you ask the, the men who wrote the, this movie, every single one of these characters is 18. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so one of them has a, a crisis, basically, because he's like, we're lying to these girls, I really like her, like, she wants me to meet her family. Um, and when he finally comes clean to her, she's like, oh, yeah, I've known the whole time. Yeah. Which I guess is supposed to make it okay, but then it just becomes, like, double gaslighting. Yeah. Um, and it, at that point is supposed to be cute, I guess. I was, I was on board with this story until, like, it, it went too far. And I think that that might be a lot of the problem with most of these storylines it's like yeah. something that could have been kind of cute and funny then goes too far like, like they don't know what the line is between funny rom-com shenanigans and oh no that's actually super gross yeah like it definitely and maybe that's why the only parts of the movie i enjoyed were the Griffin Phoebe parts because it didn't cross that line whether as the other plot lines I mean again maybe with the exception of Audrey the other plot lines did like with how they treated Alex's new girlfriend and Aaron and the baseball player and which we haven't talked about yet yeah so Um, I can I believe this is the last major storyline yes. that we haven't talked about yet. So yeah, Aaron, Alex's ex-girlfriend, is at a Cubs game with Audrey, and one of the players like catches a fly ball and land or catches a foul ball and lands in her lap and ends up ends up asking her out to dinner and then they date and it's all very cute until you remember mm-hmm. that she's eighteen and he's a professional baseball player. Yep. And I think even and- the so spoiler alert for the end of the movie turns out he has been lying to her the whole time and has still been seeing this girl from tech or from texas um and that girl shows up wearing a college t-shirt so i've got to assume that this guy is if not a college graduate and therefore at least and having done a few seasons in the minors like at least like 24 He's 22. He oh, actually, he is 22? Did you yeah, say that? I was listening, I was listening for it, because I was like, this, yeah, I had the same, like, this guy is minimum 
early 20s. Yeah. And yeah, he is. Okay, they do say 22. All right. Ugh, yes. that's still, ugh. And this is one of those things where, like, the age difference between me and my husband is about three and a half years. Mm-hmm. But it matters more when one of you is a teenager. Right. Like, <laughs> a 22 and a 25-year-old, okay. Like... But eight, the difference between 18 and 22 is still, yes. an, and again, he's a fully formed human adult. Like he's a professional athlete. He is like, he has, he has a career path. He, and she is just out of high school. Yeah. And that kind of power differential, I, I couldn't, I had, I could not get past it. No, me either. I did appreciate that much of the movie actually seemed to have been filmed in Chicago. Yeah. Which is always nice. Uh, if you're, you know, it's frequently I watch a movie that's set in Chicago, but is clearly filmed in like Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so how would we, how would we fix this movie? Um, yeah. So I would fix this movie. Okay. So one, Okay, so barring the individual problems with the different plot lines, I I think structurally this movie also had just too much going on. Um, Agreed. So honestly, I would get rid of the nerds in the bar plot line. I don't think it add anything. Um, I would get rid of Foster, Alex's friend, who's gross because he's gross. Um... And, I mean, I think that there was a good structural contrast between Griffin and Phoebe, like, falling in love, whereas Alec and Aaron are trying to fall out of love. I think that that structure worked, um, that contrast. I think I would would cut every storyline that doesn't directly relate to, like, doesn't, I would cut every character that doesn't directly touch... Griffin, Phoebe, Alec, or Aaron. Exactly. So Audrey, Audrey can stay yes. because I think that her dynamic with Aaron is important. Right. I would cut Foster and I would make Alec's work partner Griffin. Yeah, exactly. And like center them together. Because I don't even yeah. know if we see them in a scene together. No. Or like see them talk we... beyond that like first party. Yeah. Um. um I would also keep Griffin's skateboard friend because he ruled and <laughs> wasn't in enough of the movie for right? him to be like, this could leave. <laughs> By the time he showed back up near the end, I was like, oh yeah, I really liked that dude when he, like, as Alec and Aaron are breaking up, he, like, yells over the banister, I'm so proud of you guys! <laughs> yes. That was definitely one um, of the I, highlights of the movie for me. I um, think I would also have Audrey have a problem with Aaron's relationship with the baseball player. Oh, yeah. Like, someone someone needed to say, hey, this is weird. Right? Yeah, someone needed, whether it was Audrey or Aaron's mom, someone needed to say, hey, why are you dating a 22-year-old? Yes. That's um, a little alarming. Yeah. But I think I think this movie has good bones. 
it just tries to do too much and there were no women in the writer's room clearly so nobody was there to say hey yep. this is gross and maybe we shouldn't do it no one was there to say i'm glad you enjoyed the revenge of the nerds so much but it is now the year of our lord 2019 oh god so, yeah, so do you think the uh the nerds do you think reese and uh Chad were stand-ins for the writers. Oh, I am sure. I am sure. Oh my god. Yeah. I I think that was some wish fulfillment on their part. Of like, oh yes, when we were 18, we would have loved nothing more than to be able to drink at a bar and like hang out with attractive older women. I do want to say I have never once been in a Chicago bar that didn't card me. Yeah. So that was that was one of those things where I was like, mm, even if you're wearing a suit. I was literally thinking, honestly, you could only get away with that in Wisconsin. Like. Yeah, probably. I could and tell immediately, like, whenever I visit Minnesota, I one thing I can tell immediately is that I am constantly carded compared to Wisconsin. Um, there's a, so the scene where they go up to the lake house for the fireworks on the 4th of July, mm -hmm. did we hear where they were for that? I remember something about Michigan somewhere, but I can't remember if okay. that was related to the lake house. Because I had a moment where I was like, wait, we have clearly changed locations. Yeah. Um... But yeah, and and then I was like, because that's, we had a we had a beach scene at Lake Michigan. This this is not, this is not Lake Michigan. I don't think. Yeah, no. Yeah, I I assumed it was either like Michigan, like the state, or Wisconsin. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I did feel I did feel a little called out that they were arguing about barbecue at two different barbecue places I've never been to. Oh, where are they real places? So, I assume they have to be. Okay, let's do let's a little deep diving here. Yep. Okay, smoke is definitely real. And um, then... What was the other place? It was like Lems? Lems is also real. Wow. Okay, smoke is in Irving Park. And Lems is... Not quite in Englewood. It's like in between Chatham and Englewood. Okay. Oh, I could do a taste test for science. Yeah, I think you should. And, you know, <laughs> report back to the your friendly neighborhood vegetarian. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> okay. Do we have anything more to say about this one? I thought it looked good. Yeah, the cinematography was beautiful. Um, For sure. I enjoyed the music, which is good because Griffin's whole thing is that he's a he mixes music. Yeah, yeah, I think they did a nice job with that, and I'm glad they. I know, like with um, Candy Jar, we kind of talked about how there was like the half baked plot of like, oh, maybe this guy is more interested in music than going to the Ivy League. So it was kind of nice to see that one come to fruition. True. Um, I could have maybe done more, done with more of the tension between him and his dad. Yeah. Like, we get that 
we get that one scene where his dad is like, why didn't you write to any of my jerk friends for frat recommendations? Which, like, even saying that makes me want to... I'm sure it is. It makes me want to curl in curl on, in on myself like an armadillo. Yeah, no for fraternities or sororities was definitely a requirement of my college search. I remember telling my parents very clearly. Oh yeah, no there were there were frats. There were Greek there was the Greek system. I went to a state school or a Big Ten school and there were there was the Greek system there. I just didn't care about it. So mm. It was, like, not a thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I knew, like, I knew I wanted to go to a small college, and, like, the small liberal arts colleges that have Greek systems, I think, like, they get really intense about, so. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have a smaller student bodies. I think that happens. Um. I kind of appreciated that we didn't find out if um, Phoebe wins her scholarship or not. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Like, that felt really authentic. Um, I also liked this through line of the um, skating. Yes, the, the roller skates were very cute. Yeah, I, I appreciated that. I was like, that's a nice, like, Chekhov skate right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I enjoyed this one. I thought there was stuff in it to like, although it got weirdly it got weirdly obsessed with the idea of these fresh high school graduates having sex with adults. Like that showed up in three different plot lines, and that's too many. Yeah. I I don't know. I disliked this movie more than I liked it. Um, there were fun parts, but there were a lot of cringy parts for me. Um, and I think that I, I think that they should have given the script to an actual living woman, um, (laughs) to, I frequently feel that way. (laughs) Um, and then like maybe the, the interesting plot loans that it had could have like, also had fully formed female characters. Gasp. Yeah, I feel like Eileen Broche McKenna should, like, really have taken this on. Oh, that would have ruled. So. That so is my, that's my final fix. Let Eileen Broche McKenna take the wheel. So would you recommend this movie or not? Nah. I would I not. Feel, you know what? If it was 10 minutes shorter, I would say absolutely. Like, if it was rolling in at the 90-minute mark, then I would say, you know what, there's enough fun stuff here um, that the kid, the kids are cute, and if you're a fan of, like, the whole teen movie thing, check it out. It's an hour and 50 minutes, which is a little long, <laughs> I think. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm I'm ultimately falling down on, on not recommending this one, although I do think I enjoyed it more than you did. Yeah, I I think that's a a fair assessment. So, recommendations. What would you recommend to our listeners uh, to enjoy instead of The Last Summer? So, I thought a much better work 
to talk about the transition from high school to college. And this is a low-hanging fruit, but I think Fangirl by Rainbow Roll had much smarter things to say about the tra- that transition. Even though it does take place entirely in college. I love that book so much. Like, it makes my heart hurt. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, for our listeners, it's about... Uh, twins who end up going to the same college but not rooming together and about their kind of journey well it's it's the the main pov is one of the twins and it's about her growth into figuring out like who she is as an individual um also told through the lens of fandom and her love of this harry potter clone that she's been really into and writing fan fiction for for years and years yep um it, it spoke to me I, think... I don't know that I've ever identified with a character more than Kath. Uh, Pete and I have definitely talked about it on Did You Do Your Homework? <laughs> so go listen to our episode on fandom culture where we talk about fangirl. Um, it's super fun. Uh, my recommendation is one that we kind of touched on in this episode, and that is the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movies. Oh, yes! Uh, God, I love the those. Second one, the second one is about the summer before they all leave for college. And, you know, I love all of them, but you can also just watch that one if you wanted. I uh, but this- fully, I actually think Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2 is better than the first one. Oh, yeah. No, the scene where they graduate makes me weep like a child. Oh, my God, um, yes. <laughs> oh god i love that movie so much i also love that they're all like still like real life friends like yes every once in a while on social media the four of them will get together and it just like makes me and feel so happy i really hope one of them is asking amber tamblin like what's up with your husband my oh friend? please god <laughs> please <laughs> So our next episode, we are going to be talking about, okay, I don't know if this is a Netflix original, but it is a movie available on Netflix. It is called Battle. It is a Norwegian film, uh, and it is basically seems to be a 2018 Norwegian version of Save the Last Dance. Uh, So join us in a couple of weeks where we'll be talking about that. In the meantime... You can find me on a variety of social media outlets at Magical Martha. I'm mostly on Instagram right now because Twitter is dumb and bad and makes me sad. (laughs) Um, You can find uh, this show on its uh, sister network. Um, Love You falls under the Did You Do Your Homework umbrella and is included on all of the DYDYH podcast uh, social media feeds, uh, including our SoundCloud feed. So when you are waiting for a new episode of Love Ya, please tune in to Did You Do Your Homework uh, while you're waiting. Um, Marn, where can people find you? Yeah, so people can find me on Twitter at A underscore star underscore danced, um, where I talk a lot about rom-coms and romance novels, um, along with things related to maps in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I have mostly been tweeting about how much I love the terror 
at the moment, and also how much I want to get Mothra tattooed on my body. <laughs> Do it. Oh yeah, no, I have a I have a draft of an email um, to send to an artist. This is this is happening. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> um. And also, if you follow me on Instagram, I post a lot of sweet guinea pig pictures. So, you know, we're both quality social media ads. Yes. Um, anyway, thank you for joining us, you guys. We will see you in a couple weeks. Um, I think that's it for us today. Love ya. I thought that one went very well. The structure I... of the structure of this movie made for a very like easy way to talk about it. <laughs>